0: here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast,
1: where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing well today. Hope you're hanging in there with everything going on in the world and, and really appreciate you checking out the podcast today. Hopefully it'll be Encouraging, inspiring, and challenging as we talk to today's guest, Darren Woodson. He's awesome. You're going to love this and and stick around. I'll share some thoughts uh, about my conversation with him at the end of the show. Uh, But before we jump in with Darren, let me ask you this. Do you need your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. That's HealthMarketGenius.com. Know your options. HealthMarketGenius.com. Support them as they support us. All right, so Darren Woodson, former Dallas Cowboy. He won three Super Bowls with them. He's in the Cowboys Ring of Honor. He was a five-time Pro Bowl selection. He was an All-Pro. And he's a former ESPN analyst. He just recently kind of retired and left the company to focus on commercial real estate. And so you'll hear all about that decision and what he's up to now. And also with it being NFL draft season, uh, draft week, we asked him about his draft experience, and he was taken in the second round, 37th overall in the 1992 NFL draft out of Arizona State, and the Dallas Cowboys selected him, and he spent his entire career with the Cowboys. He also recently started up the Darren Woodson Show, which is a new podcast, and basically their goal is to share real stories of elite athletes and experts from across all industries, and and they say you will be entertained, learn something new, and leave encouraged to push through whatever adversity lies between you and your goals. So we'll ask him about that as well. It's all coming up right here with Darren Woodson on unpacking it
0: intriguing guests and inspiring conversations this is unpacking it with bryce johnson
1: and joining us now is former all pro Safety from the Dallas Cowboys, three-time Super Bowl champion, five-time Pro Bowl selection, and the host of the Darren Woodson Show, a brand-new podcast that you can find in Apple Podcasts. Darren, thanks so much for joining us. How are you?
2: I'm doing great, Bryce. A uh, a little different being home instead of being at the office, but, you know, hey, I'm adjusting. Uh, The family's been resilient. They're dealing with me. Uh, (laughs) So... (laughs) It's all good right
1: now. Yeah. Well, Well. so yeah, how specifically has all that is going on right now in the world affected you personally?
2: Well, I mean, of course, you know, I'm sensitive to, to those that have been affected by COVID. Uh, I've had uh, a couple of friends that uh, have gotten sick through the process, but uh, ended up, you know, rebounding. But there's so many others that, uh, that haven't. And, and I'm extremely sensitive to, to those families that are out there that are in need and, and that are... You know, had endured this crisis in in a hard, painful way. So I, I'm attuned to that. But, you know, personally, it's, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a partner in a commercial real estate firm called ESRP here in Dallas. Uh, we office at the star in Frisco. Um, and we represent clients as, as far as tenants for office space and industrial space. Mm. And our, our business has absolutely slowed down. Mm. Uh, we are on the phone constantly with our clients, trying to help them with either, uh, renovatement, uh, trying to help them, uh, speak to the landlords and whatnot. But, uh, we're just trying to provide a service, but we're doing it from home because our offices are closed as well as most in the Dallas Fort Worth, uh, area. So, you know, it's, it's been different, but again, um, you know, we've overcome, we, we, we figured out ways to to get on calls through zoom or, or Webex or, or whatnot, but it's everyday. It's an everyday process that uh, things are for, forever changing, and I think there's going to be a lot of change coming out of this. Mm. You know, not only in the business world, but in the in, in the private sector and for families as well.
1: Well, yeah, we, we know there's so many negative aspects to to what's been going on, but but has there been maybe one main positive for you and your family that that you've experienced during this time?
2: Uh, yes, the silver lining that I do have is. I taught my three-year-old boy how to ride a bike.
3: Ooh. And
2: that's, to me, that's been, you know, in this time, I, I don't know if, I, if that would have taken place had I been working because I'm i type A, and everybody that knows me will tell you, I'm a set at 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm in the office at 7, 30, 8 o'clock in the, in the morning every day, and I'm there until 6. mm Uh, And I'm working hard, and there's there's you know the time to to, to do some of those things where my son will be in school or whatnot would not have been available to us unless we had gone through this process. So you know it was a joy, it was a win on mine. You know I'm always looking for wins. That was a big win for me. Teach that little kid about my my little boy Judea how to ride a bike.
1: Oh man, that's a huge win. I, I've I've got a, an eight eight month old daughter, so have enjoyed my time with her. But uh, man, that makes yeah. me, that makes me think about that that first day uh, watching her ride a bike. That's cool. That's exciting. Well, yeah, it is. Well, well, the other the other aspect I'm curious about. You know, a lot of people are are viewing this whole situation through different lenses, and so for you, how has your faith given you perspective and and hope during this time? Well,
2: I've always looked at the prism of you know God has a plan if you truly believe and have faith that he will guide you through and that he he is your ever everlasting savior then you have to go through the process and I know that's a, that's a term that's been used for so many years is the process the process but I've always attributed that to my life to my faith uh, to things I've had to go through and I've had to lean on uh, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through the process so uh, through this is I haven't wavered. There has not been fear in the sense of not of, of knowing that I can't control things because I'm not in control, and I, and I understand that I've never been in control. Mm. It's through God that things have, have purposed itself for me. So I just rely on my faith. It's a, if, and you know one thing I can tell you, Bryce is, as a family. So I have two. I have a daughter that's in, in school at, in at, uh, in Austin. She's back. Mm. she can't go to school since so she's taking her classes online she can't work so she's here at the house with us it has been since the beginning i have a son who plays baseball uh in, in west texas and he's back and he's 19 years old and then i have my three-year-old so i'm all over the place here yeah. but the one thing i can tell you is that you know god is first of all has a great sense of humor mm. but he has put my kids back in my life and, and the one thing i will Always remember through this process is my my daughter's prayer, a couple of weeks ago when she just gave thanks. She just gave thanks through through the ups and downs, through the obstacles that we're going through right now. It was just a a, a quick thank you, and I I don't know man, that's not I didn't I can't control that. You know mm-hmm. all, you know I, I grew up knowing I grew up as far as having kids, knowing I'm just guiding them. You know mm-hmm. these these are God's babies that He just gave me for the next. You know, forty years or whatnot, just to guide them. But God has a purpose for all of them. But to hear her say, you know, this is, you know, thank you for just being here with us in these times. That that was, you know, it was heartfelt to me. So, you know, I, I'm I'm riding on my faith. I know that uh, things will be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, praying every day and praying every night. And we we eat dinner together. We say our prayers and spend time afterwards playing board games. So there's been a there's been a lot of silver, good silver linings that have really come
1: out of this process. Oh, man. No, that's so encouraging to hear. And, and the word that you used a couple of times was through, through the process. And, and actually, yesterday, my mom sent me a, a little encouragement where the verse in Psalms where it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So we walk yeah. through and, and then we, we get our strength. Through Christ, and we go through the process. So that that word has actually been on my mind. So that's cool that you uh you mentioned that. And and I got to ask you too. You mentioned uh playing board games after dinner. So what what are the the board games of choice in the in the Woodson household?
2: Man, we've been on a Monopoly. We went back. Oh. We, we went back on a uh, throwback.
1: Yeah, I like it. Went
2: back to Monopoly. You know, my, I have a you know my, my mind is always on business. I'm trying to teach and encourage the business aspect of my kids. So. <laughs> I forget the other ones. Uh, it's a guessing. It's a game where you have to you play as teams. I can't remember the name of it right off the bat right now. But I suck. I'm the <laughs> worst. And my, my wife is my partner, and I can't, she's carrying the team, and we're playing against my, my son and my daughter, and and I'm bad. My three year olds better than me.
1: Oh no! Uh, and there,
2: we have a list of games, man. If I could remember those, uh, the, the names of them, I can't. But I know Monopoly. Cause I'm, I'm not that bad. And if we played Uno. I mean, you name the games, man.
1: We're in it. I love We're it. In it. I love it. That's awesome. I'm a huge game guy, so that's that's cool to hear. Well, uh, Darren, I'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about your your faith and, and want to talk about your your transition away from ESPN in a little bit as well. Uh, but but I'm curious because it's it's NFL draft week. Uh, it's always kind of fun to, to to look back at at certain players, you know, experiences and all that sort of thing. So so you're drafted in the second round by the Cowboys, 1992 NFL draft out of Arizona State. And so what advice do you give to draftees based on your experience of the draft?
2: Well, I, I would say, enjoy the moment. Every bit of the moment that, that's coming through. If you're a first rounder, if you're a fourth rounder, it doesn't matter. Just enjoy this time because, you know, if you're drafted, which I was drafted in the second round, I was blessed to be drafted in the second round, but there was part of it that I enjoyed and I I took the time to digest, and eat it up, and all. But then there was other parts of that journey that I didn't. Mm. And you know, I was just, I was in a different, you know, spot in my life where I was just trying to grind things out instead of sitting back and just saying, okay, you know, here it is. But you know, this journey for for a lot of these young men started last season, and I know this has been in you know an odd situation with COVID, that is that is limited their accessibility, you know, accessibility to the scouts and to coaches and all, all of that. But, you know, I can't remember going through a process of going through an entire season, football season in the college world, going to the bowl games, going to, to be all basically the, the blue and gray game, which is in Alabama for scouts after this back to my football season ended. And then getting ready for the NFL combine with a good friend of mine, Felipe Sparks, he and I training every single day. We couldn't train at the Arizona state facilities. We didn't have, Michael Johnson's facility to go to, like a lot of these kids do now, but just putting in that work, trying to get ready for the combine, getting your 40 times right, getting your bench press right, uh, and then getting to the combine and going through that entire journey and that process of, you know, body weight and you know, they're they're nitpicking you, they're looking, they're twisting your shoulders and see if the shoulders are good, your 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 knees and all that, and you know that that's the part of the journey that. Don't appreciate until later on. But, mm. you know, I want there, there are certain people that I know in the past, in the last few years, like some of the rookies that have come out who have talked about it with smiles on their faces. And I didn't have that smile. Mm. But I want everyone to have that smile on their face. This is no, hey, look, this is just like we just said, you have to go through this process to get to where your final destination may be. And I, I want every kid that's draft eligible to, to just think about. Where they started and where they are today, how God's played a role in that in their lives, and had, He pushed them through when they had the, when they were fatigued and tired. Pushed them through, mm. and you know that's the process I want them to remember because that's that's a process that you'll never forget. I'm 50 years old. I went through that process at 21 years old, and I'll I'll, 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 I'll never forget what I looked like uh, at the Combines and my jersey, my shirt, and my pants, and I was number 43. You know, it's just something that you, you always remember your entire life.
1: No, that's, that's cool. It's, it's, it's special, and, and even though it'll be unique this year, the the experience for these guys will still be memorable for sure. The, the one aspect of the, of the draft, of course, you, you go in and you hope you end up with a great franchise and on a good team and a good fit and all that sort of thing, and a lot of that is out of your control. But for you, you ended up in a great spot with the Dallas Cowboys. and And what I'm curious, though, is – your perspective on the value of playing for one team throughout your entire career, because you know this offseason well, we're, we're we're talking about you know Tom Brady leaving the Patriots, and it just brings yeah. to mind to me like man, it's so rare to see guys stick around. But you were one of those guys that were able to do that.
2: Yeah, you know, I was blessed to be one of those guys to stick around. I was blessed to be a guy who never, I never experienced free agency. You mm. I always got my contract done before it expired, so which was different, definitely different. You know, to stay with one franchise and to be, you know, for me, it's not so much just staying with that franchise. It's about being a fab- fabric in the community, yeah. being a part of the community, you know, through and through. And so United Way, Make-A-Wish Foundation, uh, C5 of Texas, so many groups that I've become a part of who've become my family and I've become a part of their family. Uh, through all these years. And I'm, I'm 20-some years here in Dallas, 25 years, 26 years here in Dallas. But that was the part of me that would, that would have been a huge effect because I was really and still am involved in the school, in the school districts. Hmm. And to be intertwined that way and then have to move on to Indianapolis and play for the Colts, I think that, to me that would have been heartbreaking because my kids were in school, also tied in, you know, and a lot of you know, a lot of players go through that. A lot of players have to move, and they'll always tell you, "Yeah, it sucks that I had to leave the team. I didn't want to leave the team, but I'm also leaving. You know, my my kids' school. I'm have to uproot my kids, and my wife, and everyone else, and all the friends that we've met here in Dallas. And, and, and that would have been the hard part for me. So I, again, I'm blessed, and I know that that I've always have been. I've always felt like being part of the Dallas Cowboys. It was it was not just not the star, it was the family, the Jones family's always been absolutely wonderful and I know Jerry gets a lot of the credit, Steven gets a lot of the credit, but Charlotte Jones, man, is a hero to me because she has really bridged that gap between players and the community. Hmm. That, you know, I know if I would have ever left, she, she would have been the one I missed the most because,
3: wow. yeah. because
2: she's so inspirational in the fact of how she's tied in to the community and that's you know, those are the little things that, that we don't think of. So I know that, you know, even today I'm working with Charlotte on, with Salvation Army. Uh, she's keeping my feet to the fire. She's holding me accountable. Mm. Uh, I'm holding her accountable at the same time. So, you know, that relationship has not changed. And that's, that's a, a lifetime relationship with the Jones family that uh, I'll always be happy to have.
1: I, I love it. And I'm, I'm here in Charlotte and, and knowing the, you know, the Hornets players and Panthers players that are a part of the community. It, it's a difference and it's, it's cool to see. And so I uh, appreciate your, uh, your thoughts on that. And, and so big changes on, on your end, though. We, we, we've known you on ESPN for, for 14 years, loved watching you. And, and now you've decided to, to kind of walk away from that that part of your, your life. So, so yeah. t- take us into kind of that thought process and, and how you ended up deciding to, to really go all in on on commercial real estate.
2: Yeah, well, I was 14 years at uh, ESPN, but through the process while well, I was at ESPN, I retired, you know, Bryce, my, my, my story goes back to retiring I was the Cowboys in 2005, 2004, and the next day I was up at ESPN. It's like two or three days later, I'm up at ESPN. Wow. And that's when I started my ESPN career. So it was 14 straight years uh, of doing so, which were absolute great years. Met a lot of good people. Uh, so many great names, you know, Trey, Trey Wingo, Seth Markman, the T- Teddy Bruschi, you know, Mark Schlerick, so many great people that I, that I work with on a day-to-day basis and still have great relationships with. But it got to a point where I was doing both. I was in the real estate game and still doing ESPN. And my love and where my heart was was always with the real estate game because it kept me home one, mm. kept me close to my family, and I've always been intrigued about business and how business is done from the top to the bottom. It's almost like football. It's you win and you lose. Uh, you keep score, uh, wakes me up in the morning, hmm. uh, gives me a purpose to do, you know, to, to not only help myself, but to help other families make money and, 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 uh, you know, provide for their families. So, you know, we have, you know, my, my company at ESRP, we have 53 employees. You, you double that with their husbands and wives and kids. You know, we're talking 180 something people that I'm feeding or I'm trying to help feed daily. So, wow. that's, you know, that's where my purpose was. I wanted to give back. And at ESPN, I didn't feel like I was giving back as much. It felt like I was just doing football. It got to a point at ESPN where I was just talking football and my heart wasn't all the way in it. And mm-hmm. it showed. And my best friends up there and some of the best producers in the world who are my best friends, they knew that.
3: Mm-hmm. They knew it
2: was coming. And I just felt like, You know, it it was, it was time for a change. It was time for a change in year nine or 10, uh, but I held on and and, and kept going. You know, the experience of it, keeping, keeping the transition that I had from ES, from NFL to to ESPN, not many people have that, had the luxury of having that transition. And I I was blessed to have it, kept me around football, gave me time to start to really think about what I wanted to do in life. And that's when I found, you know, the commercial real estate and ESRP. So, you know, I, I can't, you know, thank people enough and thank God enough for allowing me to, you know, have that springboard and that platform at ESPN through all years. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to, to watch football. I still watch, you know, almost every game, but, uh, I'm enjoying my Saturdays with my kids and watching college football as well. So I'm <laughs> becoming a little bit more well-rounded.
1: Yeah, no, good, good for you, and that's awesome to to hear that. Yeah, you're at peace about it, and knew it was the right decision, and and can walk away with with confidence, and 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 that's uh, that's a big deal. So that's that's really neat, and you're still you're still keeping your your foot in the media game because you've got a new podcast, the the Darren Woodson Show. And and so uh, take us into kind of the, the, the heartbeat behind that your your mission and, and hope for for what you want to do with that show.
2: Yeah, so I partnered. So I, I, this is we the story rebounds. So I told myself I'm not doing any more TV. I'm not going to be in the media. I'm done. You know, I, I've had it. You know, I, I went through that experience. And two of the guys that uh, I work with, two of the brokers that are in my firm, uh, one guy named Tyler Klutz, who played for the Cowboys for a number of years, played in the NFL for seven years. Yeah. Uh, is, is a broker within my firm, and uh, a good friend of mine named Ben Gibbs, also a broker within the firm, they had been talking about for months, you know, hey, let, we should do a podcast and talk and, and, and speak to interesting people. It doesn't have to be sports. Let's, you know, and I kept on telling them, no, I don't want to do that because I just left the ESPN. I don't want to get back in that world. And they're like, no, 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 no. Let's get to know interesting people because you're, they all know me to be very inquisitive about people's stories. I hmm. love to hear stories yeah. because I want to see how they overcame. You know, We see the finished product, but we don't see the obstacles and what they did to overcome. And I wanted to hear those stories as well as did Tyler and Ben. That was our mission. We said, hey, look, let's find interesting people, whether it be in the sports world, c suite CEOs, CFOs just regular people, doctors, lawyers, doesn't matter who it is. We want to hear the stories of how they grew up their entire journey, what they had to go through in life, how they overcame those obstacles. And here's the finished product. Mm
1: -hmm. So that,
2: that's, for me, that's been the joy. And I think we've had maybe three or four athletes, but most of, most of the time it's been, uh, you know, citizens that, that just have interesting stories that, uh, that I've, I've learned so much more outside of the athletic world just through hearing people's stories. And I've always said, well, I've gone, you know, people have always, I've always heard the athletic story of, yeah, what they came from. You know, my story is I came from the inner city of Phoenix and made it out of the inner city and from the projects to, you know, Arizona state, graduated three and a half years and blah, blah, blah. You know what? My story is nothing compared to, a young man we had on uh, just the other day who's a counselor now mm. and had gone through so much in his life lost his father at an early at an early age uh got kicked out of school i mean he moved 15 times i mean it, his story just blew me out of the water and i want everyone i want anyone that has ears <laughs> to just hear these stories because they're so inspiring and uh you no, know, so that's that's the Darren Woodson show. I didn't want to name it the Darren Woodson show. Hmm. Uh we wanted to name I wanted to name it something else, but you know, of course, you know, it, 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 we we wanna build the show and I think at some point we're probably gonna change the name, but it's that, uh it's been a good start. It's uh, a great
1: start. That, no, that's great to hear and in reading uh, kind of the bio about it it says uh leave encouraged to push through whatever adversity lies between you and your goals. And so kind of with that in mind and, and, you you know, talking about other people's stories, I do want to hear just a, a little bit about maybe some of the, the key moments in your life where you, maybe you faced adversity, you faced a tough season where your faith really grew during that time and, and your character was developed maybe the most. What, what, what comes to mind as some of those, those key moments for you?
2: Well, I think I had a couple, too. I'll tell you one in, in particular is when I came out of high school, I was what they call a Prop 48. Mm. And, and that is basically I did, my grades weren't good enough to, to play the first year. I had to sit out the first year of school and basically watch football and, and, and then get my grades up, just go be a student, get my grades up, and then I could, if my grades got, you know if I picked them up, then I could play the following year. It was the most humbling experience that I've ever gone through. Wow. And and I'll say it. And, and I've had a lot of things that have happened in my life. I grew up in the inner city. There was a you know a lot of you know gang. There's some violence, and you know crack cocaine came in in 1988, 89, and it changed the landscape of things. And there was a lot of overcoming. But as far as an individual, I've always played football or basketball or, or sports since I was seven years old. And I went from seven years old. Up until I was teen, I guess 17, 18, when I went to Arizona State, and I had always been available. I've always been on a team, hmm. and availability is huge, man. Oh, Just yeah. to be available is, is, is big. But I'd always been a part of something, a team atmosphere. You know, we're as one. Here's the goal. We we we're going after things, and to be told that I could not play my first year was disheartening. It was it was. I could have went one or two ways because there's so many guys that were in my shoes that were Prop 48 that went that first year and they dropped out. Mm. I'd say the numbers were 70% of the guys that had to go just to school and couldn't be a part of the team. they drop out, maybe go to a JUCO and then, you know, get their careers going that way. Uh, for me, I just needed to stay the course. And there were two people in my life that really that prayed with me. My mother's a praying mother. Mm. Every day on her knees, in her closet, in her prayer room, praying. Prayed for me through the process, told me that I will overcome this mm. through faith. So she prayed with me. And then I met a man. Uh, and, and, and in my situation, I grew up with just a mother. I didn't, my father was not in my life on a daily basis. I knew my father, knew who he was and still do to this day and, and still have, you know, have a relationship. But he wasn't in my day-to-day life. Mm. So I never had a father figure uh, until I got uh, until I went to Arizona State. and you know, sitting out, sitting out my first year and my position coach. Who kept tabs on me was a man named Lovey Smith. Oh yeah, and Lovey Smith is a God-fearing man, mm. uh, a man that is so much integrity. He used to always say, "If your shadow gets you close to the line of integrity, hmm. if your shadow gets close, there's a problem." Wow. And he was instrumental in that year. I sat out. He was, he, he, of course, he was coaching the team, but I had to go check in with him twice a week. Um, as a student, I, so I go and check in with him before he went to practice and he would talk to me and encourage me and, and, and tell me that, you know, just do what you have to do, stay hyper-focused on your task. And that's just being a good student mm-hmm. and everything will pay it, you know, play, play itself out. And I did that. And I stayed the course and went to my, my, ta- my, counseling, he kept tabs on me and my, my grades and all. And, and there I was the next year playing. but you know, there was so much in there, you know, I can sit here today and tell you I don't, I'm not at ESPN. I'm not sitting here talking to you if Lovey was not in my life. If wow. Coach, I can't call him Lovey. i got to call him Coach Smith. That's how I write up. If <laughs> Coach Smith wasn't in my life because he put me in uncomfortable position all the time. Get up and speak in front of the team. Get up and go to the high school, and he would tell me, you have to go do a speech to this high school. Go do it. Okay, what am I talking about? I don't know. You go figure it out. And it, I was so uncomfortable hmm. and he would plan those out for me. You go do it. You're already scheduled to go, go speak. You're going to go speak to the, 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 the sophomore class at McClintock high, go do it. And it was very uncomfortable, but at the same time, it's the reason why I don't have a problem when I go do speaking engagements now. That's cool. It's the same reason why I was in front of the camera at ESPN and I didn't have a problem uh, and understood that, yeah, you're going to mess it up sometimes, but who cares? Keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he built that resilience in me uh, at a young age and by putting me in the, you know, uncomfortable situations. And I'll never forget that because I do the same thing to my kids. Mm-hmm. I put them in uncomfortable positions. They don't always like me. But at the same time, I always tell them, I'm not your, your friend. I'm your dad. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> That's good. God told me to guide you. He told me to guide
1: you. I'm going to guide you. That's right. No, that's a, it's a wonderful story, and, and, and love Coach Lovey Smith, and, and that's so encouraging to hear. And, and so along those lines, too, that, that idea of being uncomfortable, to me is fascinating because we, we live in a culture where it's always about comfort. We want comfort. We want to be comfortable, and that's it's almost what we desire all the time. So to, to unpack that a little bit more, what, what do you kind of say to that kind of general philosophy that a lot of people chase after?
2: Uh, of being comfortable and being content.
1: Yeah, you know I, I, well, I would say there's even a difference between being content and being comfortable.
2: Yeah, yeah, true, true. I mean, being content is staying where you are. Uh, in my in my mindset, it's, it's you know just you're happy with what you're doing on a day to day basis. And hey, you know, you know, there's not a whole lot of growth here. Listen, this is how I feel about it, and, and I'll tell you a quick story about how, what I have to go through on a day to day daily basis. Yeah, I get up every morning at about six a.m. five forty five a.m. 6 and at the latest it's about 6 a.m. And I have a workout routine that I have to do, Bryce, because I, if I don't do it, my shoulders are still bad and, and I have to get them loosened up. I, you know, i retired because I had a, a major back injury. I got to get flexible and all those things. So I have to work out every day. It's a, it's a six-day-a-week process for me. Wow. I rest on Sundays. But I go work out every day and I feel good, but it's only because – I'm getting my body and I have to be active. So here's my process. I'll wake up in the morning about six o'clock and I'll go to that mirror. I'll go to my bathroom mirror and every day I look at myself in that mirror and I look at the coward that stands and stares right back at me. Mm. I'm a coward, brother. I I ain't gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie to you. Mm. There's some coward in me that I, you know, that when I look in that mirror, that coward tells me two things. He says, go back and get in that bed. You're tired. I hear that every single day I wake up, get in your bed. You're tired, yep. And that's what I have to overcome every single day. So I have to almost fool myself through this process because I'll be looking in that mirror and I'll say my prayer. God, thank you today. Thanks for waking me up, and I, you know, I give my thanks. And I have to put my shoes on before I do anything. I have to put my shoes on, not my underwear, hmm. not brush my teeth. I'm standing there in the mirror, and I, I have my shoes that are right next to the sink. I put my shoes on because I have to fool myself because if I don't have my shoes on, I will take my butt right back to bed.
1: <laughs> Where it's comfortable.
2: Where it's comfortable. Yep. So I have to get myself to an uncomfortable place by putting my shoes on and then putting my clothes on over the top. And it's a feat sometimes of doing so or doing all that. But I have to get myself out of that comfort zone by, by talking to that coward in, in, in the mirror, because the coward wants me to be comfortable. So that's how I get going every day. And then I'll find myself in the gym and I'm past the point of just being content then. I'm actually trying to get to compelled and that's by working out, pushing my body, getting on the aerodyne bike, riding as hard as I can, doing my exercises. And then it's like afterwards, then I'm like, okay, I'm here, I'm ready to go now. Now I've got the energy, 7, 7.30, 7.45, I'm great, man. I'm, mm. I'm ready to go. But it's the, feed, it's the part of getting out of yourself and understanding who you really are. Mm. Like, I know who I really am. When I look in the mirror every morning, I know who I am. But most people won't look in the mirror because they don't want to see and they don't want to face what they're looking at. He's right there. Or she is right there. Either way, she's right there. Talk. Have a conversation and get going.
1: Man. No, that that's that's great. And well but but you don't stay there as a, a coward. So so what what words do you speak to yourself and ultimately, you know, rely on who God says you are even in that moment as you start your day?
2: Well, I'm talking to God first, so I'm saying God, thank you for the day. Uh, God He's speaking to me and it's quiet, man, in my house about that time. It's, it's very quiet. And it's the time that it's very peaceful. Uh, and I'm at peace is, is in the morning because it's my time. And it's my, my little three, five minutes that I have by myself with God, and the encouragement to me is what I'm telling myself and what I'm saying to myself is first of all, you're not going back in the bed, you've overcome that, you're getting, not getting back in the bed, you're getting ready to go. but how can who and what and how can I make a difference for today that's where my mind takes me, is how do I make a difference? And for me, it's like, you know, I, I said it earlier today. It's about wins. Getting up and getting out of bed and putting your shoes on and getting going is a win. Getting in the gym and getting your workout started is a win. Going through the process, I mean, you can accumulate wins, small wins that you should celebrate through that process. So I'm working out, and most of the time I'm usually working out with an accountability partner who's a faithful man, uh, who's a man of faith. And we're, we have, we're, playing, <laughs> we're playing praise and worship music during the workout. Ah. And I don't know how many times I've cried during singing a song. You know, that's, that's my life, man, in that's a cool. nutshell. I'm not, that, I'm not that difficult. I'm very simple. Hmm. I just try to keep it simple stupid. <laughs> and, and know that, and know that I don't have the answers. God has the answers, and just rely and just trust that He will. He will get me through.
1: Amen. Well, let's end it right there. He'll get us through. That's the uh, the theme of today's podcast. So that's uh, that's tremendous. Yep. Well, well, Darren, man, I could talk to you all day. I'm I'm encouraged by you, and appreciate you coming on and sharing a little bit about your story and just offering up some, uh, some encouragement to our listeners today. And I wish you the best with the Darren Woodson show. So encourage everybody to check out the new podcast with Darren and, and also everything you're doing with, with real estate. You know, a lot, lot of mouths to feed. So, so wish you the best as yeah. the, uh, hopefully the economy bounces back here and, uh, and we get things rolling again. So, uh, so thanks and, uh, and, and wish you the best.
2: Thanks again, Bryce. Uh, thanks for having me on.
1: Absolutely. There's Darren Woodson joining us here on the Unpacking It podcast.
0: Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson.
1: And we're back in studio to unpack what we just heard from Darren Woodson and great stuff from him and and I want to specifically talk about kind of the spiritual conversation that we had uh, but before that thinking about him leaving ESPN after 14 years and and him being there you know during for many of us you know years after years of watching Mike and Mike and NFL live and NFL primetime and all these different shows where he appeared on those shows, Colin Cowherd's show on ESPN. He used to be on a decent amount, and he's not only gone, but I looked up some other names of former NFL analysts on ESPN, and it's crazy to think about how many guys are no longer there. So here are a few, a few names that you, you know, we were just all used to for so long. Chris Carter, John Clayton, Trent Dilfer, Herm Edwards, Mark Schlereth, Sean Salisbury. Uh, um, and then Darren Woodson, uh you know, and then you got guys that are kind of still around, but have lesser roles. Keyshawn Johnson uh is Bill Polian. I don't know. I don't know how often he's on. I haven't seen him too much lately. Uh, a lot of these guys, you know, they they, they come and go. But to have a 14 year run for Darren Woodson is impressive. And, and he was he was never uh, necessarily. Like a marquee guy, where he was on Sunday NFL Countdown or something like that, but he was on a number of shows and he was reliable and and just solid and, and so just kind of wild to think that he's no longer there. But it gives some of the new analysts opportunities. A guy I love right now, Dan Orlovsky, Marcus Spears. Spears has been a guest on Unpacking It, so those guys are are getting more attention. Ryan Clark has been on this show. Uh, they've stepped into some of those those roles. I like Jeff Saturday a lot, the Hasselbeck brothers. So some new guys are, you know, filling in the gap. But uh, but Daryl Woodson, uh, kind of a you know, long-time guy there, uh, no longer with ESPN, but I appreciate him joining us today and appreciate the conversation that we were having about going through the process. And And that word, through, that we have to go through difficult times. We have to go through the process to get where we want to go. There is You have to get through the draft process in order to be drafted, in order to end up on an NFL team. You have to go through college to even get to the NFL, or at least you have to go for a few years. But you have to get through different phases. <laughs> you think about pregnancy. You have to get through pregnancy before you get to meet your your child. And, and so – This idea of through is interesting because, like I mentioned in the interview, my mom sent me over part of a devotional yesterday from Skip Heitzig who who wrote on the 23rd Psalm, and and he said, even though this valley we're all going through, speaking of the, the pandemic, is dark and we can't see where we're going, the shepherd can, meaning God. He knows what you need. He's going to provide what you need. And he wants to bring you to a place of refreshment, growth, and trust in his goodness through it all. Today, take comfort in all the ways you're presently experiencing his direction, protection, and provision in your life. Also, remember that David spoke of walking through the valley, not living in it forever. And so we do have to, so that's good stuff. Skip Isaac talking about, uh you know, David, King David, writing in 23rd Psalm. Even though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, you're probably familiar with that uh, psalm. And, and so this idea of through is very interesting because when I heard that or read that from my mom, I then thought of, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And, and so it's through him. And then in Ephesians it says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Um, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, also in Ephesians. In, in Galatians, it says, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. And so when you start looking for that word, uh, it just it, it, it pops up. And, and so I encourage you to, to almost uh, Google, not almost, go do it. Google the word through and, and Bible verses for through, and I think it'll give you a lot of encouragement as we're waiting to get through our current situation, we're going through this process and and waiting for the, the everything, the economy to get back to normal, you know, all these things that have to get back into the swing of things. And and we have to go through a process before we're able to, to be ready for that. Um, and then all of us are always going through something, but we don't have to stay there. Let, let's actually look at the definition of through. So it means continuing in time toward completion of a process or period. It also says so as to complete a particular stage or trial successfully. And then it says from beginning to end of an experience or activity, typically a tedious or stressful one. Uh, so we get through, uh, those situations, those processes. And, and so, uh, it also says, by means of a process or intermediate stage. So it's just interesting to look at a simple word like through and in light of what we're going through right now, it's really, really interesting. So uh, so anyway, uh, something, to, something to think about. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a good conversation. Go back, to listen, go back and listen to the beginning of the conversation with Darren in light of uh, some of those, those verses and, and a good encouragement from Skip Heitzig. Uh, a pastor, I believe, in California. That's all I've got for you today. Really appreciate you listening to the Unpacking It podcast. As always, I love hearing from you. I appreciate the feedback. Let me know your thoughts on today's show. You can send me an email, bryce at unpackingit.com. Be sure to subscribe to our weekday email devotional. You can go to unpackingit.com. Also, rate, review, share the podcast. We greatly appreciate your support. As you can imagine, as a nonprofit, Uh, We definitely rely on your donations and greatly appreciate your financial support if you're able to uh, during a a challenging economic time. So we, we thank you in advance for your support. Well, as we wrap things up, as you know, I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast.
0: For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T dot We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.